0: Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host Kedar Nimkar.
1: Today I have Payal Gupta with us. Payal is a chef, food stylist and a floral stylist working out of Mumbai. Pyle started a company called Chef Pyle Gupta to nurture her love of food and art. This company is jointly run by her and her husband Hitesh, along with a talent pool of staff. She has studied in more than eight institutes in and outside India. Chef Pyle has styled food for acclaimed brands like global brands like Hindustan Unilever, General Mills, Britannia, McDonald's, ITC, to name a few. And today we are here to understand food design or food styling. So thank you, Payal, for giving us your time and it's a real pleasure to have you on Audio again.
0: Thank you, Kedar. We were really looking forward to meeting you and having this session with you.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's been finally almost after eight months we are meeting. Like we have been just connecting back and forth but didn't get time to schedule this.
0: Yes, yes. I think your schedules and my schedules uh, both kept this hanging in the air. Yeah. But we are really, really uh, great, uh, feeling great to be a part of this sure. at this point in time.
1: Same here, same here. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, as I mentioned, we'll be discussing about food styling and food design in general. Uh, so the first thing, uh, I would like to you to set the context by telling us what is food styling all about? Uh, what do you mean uh, when one says that I'm a food stylist? What does it essentially mean?
0: So if I have to uh, explain the term food styling in a very very uh, basic way, Food styling is about making f- your everyday food look appetizing for the camera.
1: Okay.
0: See, uh, as humans, since our childhood, you would have noticed that we have a pattern that whatever looks beautiful, we tend to eat that. Hmm. Now, I remember when I was a kid uh, and I used to eat palaji, It used to come in those uh, uh, paper packaging and it was not a very attractive one. However, the awareness of social media... Of television, of other mediums was very low at that point in time. Any company just had to make a great tasty, great and a tasty product to be able to sell their stuff. But with the advent of social media and with all the media booms, the competition got heated up. You know, people started traveling all over the globe. Uh, they started to have a better understanding of food. Mm-hmm. Overseas, They used to see food packaged in such a beautiful form. And even FMCG companies in India, they started realizing that to cater to the market, not only does the food need to look, uh, need to taste good, but it also needs to look very appetizing because understand when a consumer is going through a shop floor, he or she spends hardly two or three seconds gazing at a particular pack and making a choice. Mm. So if you have to make your brand presence felt in a cluttered market space, what becomes very imperative is that whatever you're selling also looks good. Mm. So actually, this entire thing about styling food came from there, came because the companies realized the need to make their product look good for that moment of decision making by the consumers on the shopping floor. Mm
1: but this has to do more with the packaging uh, i mean outside as in what is inside is a different story right which we we'll yes. speak about but uh, outside in terms of packaging uh, on in a shopping market right
0: yeah so when you style food hmm. you are treating food very very carefully and what are the mediums in which the styled food is seen you're seeing it on packets right in packaging you're seeing this on hoardings you're seeing this on tv commercials hmm. now these are exactly the mediums which make a consumer take a decision about purchasing a particular product. Mm. So, what is who is a food stylist and what do they do? They make sure that whatever is the medium of f- food mm. through which you are interacting with the food. So, be it television, be it a magazine, be it a hoarding, be it a packaging. Those mediums look impeccable. Mm. They look very drool-worthy. Mm. You... You will have your second level of interaction With the food once you open the pack But every pack is a promise Right Mm. It's a promise to the consumer That this is what I'm going to deliver Now invariably when you see a beautiful looking image of food It's a promise That I stand for some quality There is an assurance Given by the uh, particular brand to you Mm. So at one level You have already won the consumer's heart 50% of the work is already done the next level of the work gets done when you are biting into the food. Mm. Now, when your product is good, then this means you won the battle. Mm. So, styling is all about making look, food look impeccable for the camera. Now, there are various tricks and methodologies through which you do this. Mm. And, in fact, if I have to explain the work of a stylist using an example from the everyday life, I would compare the work of a stylist with a cosmetic surgeon. So if I'm a a good looking girl But I am not very happy with my skin tone Or the blemishes on my skin I know that if I get a picture clicked I can go to photoshop and get those blemishes removed Mm. But what if I want to look great in my real life On a day to day basis Mm. I go to my cosmetic surgeon and tell him That these are my problems So what does your cosmetic surgeon do? He will actually first analyze your skin type. He will run you through a couple of tests. And then he is going to make sure that those problems are removed. And in the process, if he discovers that there are problems that you yourself are not aware of, Mm. he will give you suggestions to even remove them. Right? Mm. So this is what we do. When a brand comes to us and says, see, I'm a burger brand and my burger needs to look amazing Mm. on camera. So I will wear the dress of my cosmetic surgeon mentally, Mm -hmm. I will look at all the components of the burger bun and I will start analysing each and every one of them and understand what all I can do with it. Mm. Now, for example, if it's an international company, they have very stringent norms about what you can do and what you cannot do because they don't want to fool the customer. They want to give the customers what is actually a part of their offering, what is manufactured in their company, right? Mm -hmm. So, most FMCG giants will have factory processes in which everything is manufactured, right? From the burgers to the patties and everything. So, at that point in time, you cannot ask them to manufacture a bun in a certain way Mm. because you have to style it.
1: Yeah, because because you want to shoot
0: it. Yeah, because... The thing is, in the factory, there's a process that they follow. They cannot change the process for you and Mm. for that one day, right? So then you have to understand that in the logistics line, Mm. what is it that they can do to make sure that you have the best burgers? Mm. So for example, for one of my clients, we realized that during the packaging of their burger buns itself, the burger buns were getting squashed. Mm. So we told them, yes, we understand you cannot manufacture the buns for us. But can you make sure that when you are transporting them, Mm. you transport the minimum number of buns together in a crate Mm. so that with the pressure from the top buns, Mm. they don't get squashed? Mm. Or will you just make sure that in a crate, only 10 burger buns come? Let the rest of the crate be empty. Mm. Because we want to make sure that the buns look great. Now, things like breads, they dry too fast. Mm. So you have to make sure that When those buns are put in a crate or the, you know, breads are put in a crate, they're cling-wrapped very well so that the environment Mm -hmm. does not dry them up. Mm -hmm. So what did you do as a stylist? Your level of work started at the logistics level. Mm -hmm. It did not start by making or cooking food. It started at the planning and execution stage. Mm -hmm. So this is what I say is the work of a food stylist. Mm -hmm. They do make great looking food for the camera but that in a sense does not define everything about what they do. They are like managers, they are problem solvers, mm. they are like cosmetic surgeons so they are wearing many hats at a point, given point in time. But ultimately all this has to come together and make sure that your client gets a great looking product mm. which can be short for a television commercial, it can be short for a hoarding or it can be used for their website Mm -hmm. in any format that they wish to use to interact with the consumers. Mm -hmm. Because an image is used as a medium to interact with the consumer. Mm -hmm. It is not for the client's uh, satisfaction, it is not the client's property. Mm -hmm. They are using it to bridge the gap between them and the consumers in general.
1: Uh, So I would like to venture into slightly a different track here where I want to understand Since you are manufacturing, you are styling food which is manufactured, Hmm. and then it looks good on camera. Hmm. uh, I am assuming that there is a different domain also where you actually food style uh, on the plate itself uh, when it comes to like dressing or something like that for a five star restaurant or something very eclectic way of presenting food. So does that also come under this domain? You know what I mean, right? Like when you are when you are actually, say, Australia's master chef, right? They they have a particular dressing. They have a particular way of presenting food just for that one plate, which is directly for consumption. It's not like, uh, it's not as uh, presentable for a, a hoarding or a, uh, what you say, or for a TV commercial. Mm-hmm. So does that also fall under the same bucket of food styling?
0: Yes. Uh, see, what happens is that Like I gave you the example of a cosmetic surgeon. Hmm. Now, every patient coming to the cosmetic surgeon will have a different set of a problem, right? Hmm. Hmm. So, when we food style, it does not mean that we will only make that picture-perfect burger Hmm. or, uh, you know, make the perfect noodle. Hmm. When I say styling and making food look appetizing, it can also just be a plated dessert for Hmm. television, for Hmm. a master chef. It could be anything. Mm. Anything which will look good So as to attract the audience mm. So as to make the people Go to the supermarket And buy that food mm. Now what happens in case of for example uh, Shows like Chef Australia So if you have to do a particular dish mm. Which is supposed to look a particular way Then every component of the dish Has to be made Specifically to suit that dish Which means Let's say I'm I'm making a pasta, spinach pasta in MasterChef Australia, but that pasta has to be plated in a different fashion,
2: Mm.
0: right? So I will carefully pick my garnishes for that pasta. I will make sure that my spinach pasta is made to perfection. Mm. I will make sure my sauce is made to perfection. I will make sure that whatever mold I require to shape my pasta, it is present. So the same components will be there. It's just that the plating element comes into picture when I do a master chef, mm. Because master chef is all about presenting that plate of beautiful dish.
2: Mm.
0: So again here, you go through that same process. Same process meaning you pick up your ingredients meticulously. You work on your ingredients, do a trial mm. before you get on the floor. You do some platings of that particular dish and see what plating looks best for that dish. And then on the final day you not only make one plate but you make multiples of that because what happens is during a TV show people are working with that plate Mm. physically. Correct. There could be spillage. There could be breakage. Something could dry out because you are constantly taking the same shot. Mm. So you keep repeating that same level of plating. And that is also food styling. So... I think at this juncture, it becomes very important to tell you what happens hmm. when you get a food styling assignment. Hmm.
1: In so, fact, uh, sorry to interrupt, but just on the same lines, uh, you can continue, we were, which we are talking offline as well. That uh, uh, the question is, basically, a food stylist needs to have expertise in cooking also. Yeah. And uh, have an aesthetic sense also. Totally. So does that mean like an artist who's a chef or a chef who's an artist I know you briefly touched upon the cosmo, uh, cosmo uh, mm-hmm. surgeon type, the cosmetic aspect, yeah, cosmetic of it. aspect. But to elaborate further on that,
0: as I told you previously, I had entered this industry in two thousand and eight, hmm. and at that point in time, I thought that food styling was all about being artistic, being creative, and you understanding your work as a chef. Hmm. So I that is the reason, sole reason why I went to so many culinary schools, and I. Uh, ...educated myself across Sophia's, Dadar IHM, Lake Cordon ...I worked for Taj and so many other organisations. But as and when I started moving forward in my journey as a stylist and I grew... ...I realised that only being a chef and an artist is not enough. Because styling requires so many other things. So Mm. as I mentioned to you, the person has to be a great team player... ...as well as a great team leader... The person needs to be a problem solver, needs to be able to work under pressure, Mm. handle crisis, Mm. has to have a very good sense of PR Mm. because in this industry, maximum work comes to you because of your relationship with people and also because when you are being made to be a part of a project, which is like the expense of which is running into one CR or let's say 40 to 50 lakhs, you cannot do trials and errors. Mm. So you will generally check up with people in the industry as to who is very good in terms of their temperament while working, who is able to solve problems. Mm. I might be the best artist and a great chef, but if I am not a team player Mm. or if I get angry too often on the sets and I lose my temper, then I'm not an asset to my producer. I'm actually a liability Mm. because Mm. his energy is going to go into managing me over managing the shoot. Mm. So, in that sense, there are so many things that you require to be a food stylist. Mm. Always thinking ahead, you know, being a voracious reader, being a learner. Mm. With every shoot, not only you do you execute and do what you know, you have to do a lot of things that you don't know and be willing to learn mm. from things out there. Mm-hmm. So, these two things just being a chef and an artist it's a beginning point I would say in your journey as a stylist but there is a there's a lot more hmm. because there's sometimes so many special effects that you have to do with food Correct. so then you have to learn how to do that hmm. but this is again
1: more techni- uh, more I would say operational or more uh, executional stuff uh, if I have to ask you the other side of it like knowing the ingredients itself knowing different, Uh, cuisines, knowing different, if you can, uh,
0: okay, so, um, I actually grew up, in a Marwari joint family, and, Mm. we, had a family of 21 people, living in a very small house, Uh, the kitchen was accessible to me, only, on the weekends, in the night, Mm. so all my trials, and experimentations, would happen, you know, between let's say, 10 in the night, and, 3 or 4 in the morning, Mm. that was the, first time I actually came in touch with ingredients Mm. and I would make a whole lot of mistakes and then next day again ask my mom for money and go and buy new things.
2: Mm.
0: So, as you rightly pointed out, it's very, very important to know your ingredients and not only knowing them, working with them. Mm. Because on the face of it, everything looks same. You might pick up 10 brands of cocoa powder and you might think they're all same. But trust me, the results they'll, they'll give you is going to be very different. So, on the other side, you constantly working with ingredients and seeing what color, texture, format Mm. it gives to the food is very important. Not not only knowing that uh, they will give different textures, but documenting it. Mm. Otherwise, when your team expands, all the knowledge will remain with you. And not pass over to other, other people. What is the... When you document, what happens is you're basically planning so that in the future, less time is wasted on things that you have already learned and that time is used in learning something new. So documentation of the learning is very, very important. In fact, a big chunk of my work revolves around trials and experimentation.
2: Mm.
0: Before every shoot that we go in for, there is a huge number of trial that goes in our kitchen in the house. Mm. And everything is documented. So as to understand which is the most effective and less time consuming way because time is money on the set. Mm. So yes, on the uh, on the cooking side, you need to understand cuisines. Uh, you need to understand ingredients. You have to have an open eye and mind towards experimenting with new things. Mm. It's only when you work with different ingredients, you will understand how each one behaves. Mm. So... Every time we go to a particular country or we are in a particular city, we make sure that, you know, we go to the local market and see what is available, not available. Are there things which are very new to us? If yes, we try and get them home so that we can work on it. Mm. And though I would love to understand all cuisines, but so many times practically it is not possible. So a great chunk of our learning comes when we have a shoot in hand at that point in time you have no choice but to understand that cuisine and get an expertise Mm. of course uh, that time becomes a little pressurizing because you have to perform and you have to learn the cuisine but i think that i'm pretty good at learning under pressure so you know i really enjoy that little kick
2: yeah
1: it's interesting and what about uh, so when it comes to understanding the food aspect of it uh, how do you start designing it also because like we broadly spoke about the technical and the operations part of it. Now we just have briefly touched upon knowing the ingredients and knowing the cuisines, but how to style them in different ways uh, is something which uh, you have to develop or it's it's something which comes naturally as you keep doing it or you need a mentor or you need someone who can guide you in terms of design because there is a very different aesthetic part to it, right?
2: So
0: Yeah, so… Um... I could be great in cooking but if I don't have the aesthetic sense I will not be able to make it in the industry Hmm. so luckily I remember I first picked up my uh, paint brushes and my pencil colours when I was very very tiny my parents had put me in an art school when I was about 4 or 5 years old Hmm. the passion and love for arts was always there so I think for me I have been truly lucky to have this as a gift from God Even as a kid, I used to visualize designs. And that thing grew over me when I started styling food. So I tend to draw a lot of inspiration from places on the net, from everyday life. But definitely, uh, designing is not something anybody can teach you. Because designing is the way you perceive art, you see art. It's a very individualistic thing. So it cannot be taught. However, it can be enhanced because... If you are constantly exposed to the social media, to Instagram, to so many things out there, you will see how across countries people are doing stuff. How they are designing food. The same food that you are eating out here as well. So it opens up your mind towards designs. Now when it comes to a shoot and if I have to design, what I generally do is, I, I would like to tell you at this juncture that I have also been a qualitative researcher. I was a qualitative researcher across uh, quantum, RK Swami, uh, TNS mode and GFK mode for four years. During which time I have had the sheer luck of traveling across cities and understanding people, observing their behavior, understanding their purchase behavior, the consumption patterns. So I always go back when I have to design something for people or a, or, or a client, I go back to those days and understand if i was that consumer sitting in this particular city what would what on the pack would appeal to me what would intimidate me how i would like to interact with my food so i put myself in the shoes of that common person sitting in that city or a state and i start from there of course a lot of designing has to do with the cuisine with the basic nature of the place so, having said that, if I am going to cook for West Bengal, then I know that mustard mm. is used invariably in West Bengal, yeah. right? So, I will use mustard in my decoration. I use, people use mustard oil. Mm. So, maybe there will be a hint of mustard oil cooking that will be there. People use a lot of clay pots in West Bengal. Mm. So, there will be a clay pot. If I have to make a khichri and present a khichdi, It is not going to be on a banana leaf, but it might be in a kleka handi, like how you have rasgullas in the handis. But if I have to do the same work for South India, I know banana leaf is a big thing. So I'm going to use a banana leaf. Why? Because it has to connect with the common people out there for whom the ad is being made, for whom the hoarding is being presented. So I invariably will take some elements of that region So you combine the ingredients of that region with your design element. Now, a design, understand, it should not alienate people. If it is too futuristic, then it will not appeal to my consumers. So before you make a design, you have to understand who, is the, who are the people that you are catering to. If I am doing a design for MasterChef Australia, my, the kind of target audience that I'll have are people who are SEC A++ people who've travelled voraciously, voracious readers, uh, people who've had exposure to international cuisines, they must be watching other shows. So when I design something, even if, it's, uh, even if I design a food as if it's, it has just come from space, it's okay for that category of people. But in case I'm designing for the mass audience of India, And let's say that particular image of food is going to be on a rice package, which every ordinary Indian consumer would be consuming. And if my rice design is very intimidating, I might pick up the pack and look at it and say, oh, this pack is not for me. Because I'm not able to connect with it. So that is why when you design a style for a particular brand, you have to understand what is going to be the segment of people that that particular design is targeted towards. There are sometimes, you know, uh, there there have been incidences in the past where we've done some TV commercials only for a particular region. For example, I styled a brand, I styled noodles for a brand and they said that this ad is only for Northeast. Because the noodles are eaten in a particular format out there this ad is going to be made only for that segment. So then I had to go and research what are the kind of things people in northeast do with their noodles. How do they garnish their noodles? What are the ingredients that are available there to garnish the noodles? Because I cannot use a garnish which is available in, in south of India and put that in the noodle, which people will be consuming in the northeast. So you have to be very sensitive to the market and the consumers out there. So it's very important that when you're taking a brief from your client, you understand all of this.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: That's very interesting and different aspects of design uh, are getting uh, like I can resonate with a lot of uh, things which you spoke about design. So uh, Payal I would like to ask you uh, last two questions just given the time we have and I would like to do a special episode just on one case study maybe because that totally deserves uh, that kind of a format uh, but what has been your experience while styling food uh, which has Indian origin so uh, we briefly touched upon some uh, uh, campaigns and work which you have done for international brands or uh, like a Chain, food chain type work but especially with Indian origins what, what has been your learning experience
0: when you say Indian origin are you saying or indicating things uh, which are gravy laden yeah, gravy yeah, rich food
1: Yeah, not necessary but uh, uh, I don't know whether I should take any examples but say for example uh, like uh, a big joint uh, like an American joint Mm. has certain burgers and certain sandwiches and that kind of food which is manufactured Mm. and something which is like freshly made with a lot of Indian context to it. The ingredients are Indian or maybe the dish has become Indian. Obviously, there's nothing like Indian as such also. But indigenous food of India and uh, not a brand per se, but something which is much more... um,
0: So, um, if I compare the work of a food stylist for an Indian brand mm-hmm. Indian, Indian homegrown brand to my work when I am working for a company which is into manufacturing a particular food product there is a huge difference in my approach mm. and the way I would style food because in case of Indian food I have the liberty and the luxury mm. of making them from the scratch mm. so if I have to make a samosa or if I have to make a vada pav or You know, or I, Dabeli or a Chole Bature, I will make it from the scratch. And that gives me all the freedom to pick up the best ingredients from the word go. Hmm. Which means there is no limitation that I face, Hmm. right? I only have to get the look and feel of the food from the client because I want to understand how he thinks or how he would want to portray these images Hmm. to the wider audience. But in case of a manufacturing company, which is into manufacturing food, my hands are tied because you cannot go beyond the capacity or the the boundaries set by the manufacturing company. So if I'm doing the work for a burger joint, the client will not allow me to make my own burger buns, Hmm. which means I have to make do with what they have. Hmm. And then I will have to put in my creative best to make that food look good. As compared to this, in the Indian food, you can do whatever you feel like. So, it's like, a, it's like a football ground. You can just, you know, kick your ball in any direction that you want to. Mm. So, there is no referee, there is no goalkeeper, nothing. You are with the ball and you can do whatever you feel like. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, there is a huge difference. Okay. But both the foods, uh, you know, uh, both the categories of food have their own sets of challenges, which I really, really enjoy, you know. Mm.
2: Wow. Because in
0: for example in case of uh, uh, Indian food mm. if I go to the main course a lot of the Indian food will have gravies mm. and mostly you know you will have gravies in a particular color right so a butter chicken gravy might look equally uh, it might look very similar to a makhni gravy mm.
2: then
0: how do you differentiate between a butter chicken and a makhni mm. if the client has to do both okay. so our challenges come there I, because because just by changing the chicken into a paneer will not solve our problem there <laughs> yeah. yeah so there will have to be other layers of creativity which has to be built in mm-hmm. to make sure that you are addressing the client's problem mm-hmm. because the food lands up looking way too similar in the indian context correct,
1: correct. yeah the curries especially
0: yeah yeah i yeah. mean in
1: fact in a, if a regular restaurant i think they just replace the chicken with the paneer and seeing <laughs> the uh yeah so Payal, uh, I would like to conclude with one uh, last question. Uh, mm. In one of your interviews online where, I mm. men- uh, where you mentioned that each year you set goals to upgrade your skills uh, set as a chef and uh, do not stagnate your learnings. Mm. I would like to especially ask that since you specifically or explicitly mentioned this, but this happens in almost all the professions, right? You have to keep upgrading your skills Uh, in fact I remember when I was planning to get into aeronautical engineering in fact there is a yearly tests also which has to uh, which which you have to do to upgrade your skills and move on from lower levels to higher how does that context fit in this I mean this is very obvious but I would like you to illustrate more on this because it could be also insightful who want to get into food who want to get into food designing Uh, some some learnings from your side to them and also how does setting a goal or improving your skill set in this profession help in a longer run?
0: Okay. uh, So what happens is that when you start in the industry, like I would, I'll take my case because Mm. I know my journey best. So the way, for example, if I'll pick up the example of rice. Mm. So when we have a rice shoot, there is a particular way in which the rice has to get cooked. Mm. Right? Now I would... Do that in a small kitchen With minimum number of tools And my time of doing the work Would always be very high mm. At home and on, on sets And I would always want to prepare Extremely fresh food So I would go and do everything On the shooting floor mm. Cut to a year down the line I realize I cannot do everything On the shooting floor So let me do 50% of my cooking at home And let me do 50% outside Cut to year 3 I realized that even on the shooting floor, what if I gave this knowledge and expertise to my co workers and in the same amount of time replicated the process? Mm. So I took a brief of all the team mem- members and I told them that this is the amount for which you will soak the rice. The, this is the amount of time for which you will soak the rice. When the alarm rings, you make sure that the bo- water is put for boiling. When the alarm rings for the third time, you make sure that the water is uh, the, the rice is put into the water. When it rings for the fourth time, it's time for the rice to come out. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of them are un- uneducated, mind that. Mm-hmm. So for them, following this instruction is way easier than, you know, looking at the time and going by the watch. Mm-hmm. So I set up standards mm-hmm. for them. Templates. C- yeah. 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 Cut to that year five, I realized that for doing great rice shots, I need to have every grain of rice separate. So then I modified my way of cooking rice slightly and started to make sure that I set up a team which only hand picked the cooked grains of rice and kept them in a separate box for some special shots. Hmm. So after the rice is cooked, they take tweezers and pick up every grain of rice separately and make sure that that is kept in a box as if it was a treasure. Hmm. So what is happening is with every year, you are making your process faster, you are making your food look better and you also have to understand that what is the consumer looking at when he is buying the rice he is looking at the length of the rice and he is looking at the color of the rice so then I started to research later on post that as to how to make the rice grains longer of course you cannot change the way the rice has been made but when you cook it in a certain fashion Mm. the rice grain can elongate well Mm -hmm. You have to soak it for a specified time. You have to cook it for a specified time for the rice to grow. If you are cooking it lesser than that specified time, the rice is not going to reach its optimal length. Mm. There are also things that you can add to the rice while cooking so that it becomes more white. Mm. After it is cooked, there are ways in which you have to drain it in order to make sure that every grain of rice is separate. Mm. So, every year... It was like a funnel approach. You started to you, you had initially started off with so much in your head, and you narrow it down mm. to a set of expertise where now you can do the same work in one fourth the time and give your clients better results. Mm. So, for this, one has to constantly experiments with various brands and keep the observations in a notebook. Mm. Even a minute extra can cost you on the sets sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I make, I always make like a case study for myself. So brand A, B, C, D, E, F. And I document how much time did I soak my rice for? uh, How much time did I cook it for? After cooking, how does the food look? Because when you have just finished cooking the rice, it might look same for all brands. After some time, there are some rice brands where the rice starts to break very easily. When you're mixing it with some curry or when you're mixing oil into that, it starts to break. Hmm so not only does the food needs to look good when it has just been cooked the after effects of cooking also needs to be observed mm-hmm. so your observation has to come in at various stages mm-hmm. and all this you need to document so now what happens is when i get a rice shoot now then i don't have to do all my trials and experimentation because whatever learning learned, yeah. so this is the step up approach you know mm-hmm. every year you have to ask yourself is there anything i can do better To present the same brand in a better fashion. And there will be ways. Mm. It's just that we have never thought deeply into it because we are too comfortable with our comfort zone. Mm. So I tend to generally push myself out because I will never, you know, um, relax with my past laurels. Mm. I am a very futuristic kind of a person uh, temperamentally. Mm -hmm. Also, I want my team members to have a rested day and not run around and create a havoc for themselves and people around. So I want to make sure that everything is planned so beautifully that there is a lot of space that is there in case some emergency situation comes. So, you know, when we talk about learning, I think the approach for every stylist should be, or could be rather, that in the minimum time, what best you can do. And in case something goes wrong, how do you fix it with the minimum damage time? Because I might not be, let's say if my chicken curry... Uh, has gone bad because there was no space to keep it in the fridge. Outside, the curry has gone bad. I have only 20 minutes for the shot. I cannot go my traditional method and make another curry. Mm -hmm. That time, it has to be a curry which has been made on the spot with minimum effort which looks the same. Mm. So, all these learnings that you have had while experimenting with that product will come to your aid. It will help you.
1: Wow, wow. That's... I can hardly imagine the level of Uh, layers of uh, knowledge that has been accumulated uh, due to these things I mean it's very interesting that you're bringing in a lot of data also into this uh, blurring lines of design and art because that's where you that's where you can build in templates that's where you can build in process Uh,
0: also because Kedar uh, I would say I'm a little selfish here hmm. uh, because what happens is initially it was just like a one man army it was Hmm. just me in the company When I got married and my husband joined me at work, I realized that I do not have the luxury of teaching him the way I taught myself Mm -hmm. because I am occupied with a lot of things. So at that point in time, when he looks at the template, at least 50% of my work is done. Of course, I have to guide him through the 50% of the rest. Mm. But I don't have to make him go from the beginning to the end all by myself. Also, one thing I missed is The use of newer, New age instruments Mm. There are a lot of instruments Available in the Hospitality sector Which can aid you To style better Mm. So one has to Constantly look For those kind of Equipments Mm -hmm. Because How many people Will you get on a shoot To help you There will be a limitation To the Human energy To the human capacity After 20 hours On the floor The best people Also collapse You know They have low strength So machineries Also come to your aid
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you have to have some equipments which of course if does not replace a man completely will help him perform better Better, and faster faster, so you have to open your mind towards a lot of things Mm -hmm. so for this reading constantly being in the circle um, you know visiting exhibitions events Mm -hmm. it's very important because we are all like you know frog in the well we only see that much when you go outside yeah. yeah When you go outside, you're exposed to a far greater uh, knowledge pool. So I think for a food stylist or for a budding food stylist, they need to make sure that they explore the world of food Hmm. as much as possible.
1: Hmm. Sure. And on that note, I think uh, uh, people, if they have to follow you on uh, various social media or what, what would be those links?
0: So... Uh, all my links are there on my website, which is www. dot com. All my social media handles are under the name Chef Pail Gupta, so they can follow me on Twitter and you know uh, Facebook. Facebook yeah, Instagram. Facebook, Instagram. Instagram. Okay, nice. Okay. Yeah, so we are we are available across platforms mm-hmm. because we enjoy each of them. Mm-hmm. It's it's great to read and learn from so many other people in the industry all the time. Correct, Correct.
1: All right, uh, thank you, Payal, for giving your time. It was great learning about food, styling, uh, <laughs> designing, and uh, obviously, I would be really keen to have you again on audio again to discuss one of the case studies, as I mentioned before. And uh, yeah, on that note, uh, thanks again.
0: Thank you, Kidar. It was really like, you know, I went, I, I felt as if I was taking a journey. The last 10 years, I was, you know, literally living through uh, in this conversation with you, and it was really nice to see my own growth mm-hmm. and acknowledge it because okay. at times you know I become very critical of my work and I say oh I could have done this better but I I realize you know how God has been with us through the journey and now he's using me as a tool mm-hmm. to make sure that this knowledge reaches more people and other people are inspired, you know, to be a part of the circle.
1: Yeah. In fact, I am happy because I ran through your bunch of interviews online, some of the blog posts, and it had somewhat a similar story because you also must be having a lot of time crunch to give away new, new stories every time. So this becomes like a more, I have have at least (laughs) documented some new insights. (laughs) See,
0: uh, the thing is, I would not want to give the same story, but they keep asking for the same thing. So, you know, I wish that this year I have uh, different requests for different kinds of stories starting from you so I can share uh, more interesting facets and insights about my work. Sure. Yeah?
1: Okay. Thank you. Okay, thank you. That's thank it. Thank you
0: so much. And that's it from today's Gyan Session. Catch us on iTunes, Savan, Stitcher or any podcasting app you use. Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Stay tuned for more Gyan on audiogyan.com. Till then, bye.